Hello, and welcome to the DH Effect. I'm Hillary, and my beautiful co-host Sonia is over there. Not in the same space today, but the love is still all there, and even more so today. Our focus this month is on our very special heart method of companioning through challenging times. Our guest today is an entrepreneur, compassionate servant leader, a people gatherer, um, and she's intentionally created communities that are super anchored in her commitment and her husband's commitment to have love prevailing on earth. Isn't that powerful? I just want to take that pause. Just let it settle there. Felicia Mason, owner of Love Social Cafe, is not your usual entrepreneur. Traveling up a highway to the beautiful town of Ojai, California, you're going to find an intimate place, a cafe, tucked in within the downtown of Ojai. The cafe hosts an open mic night. This is where I got to meet Felicia for the very first time where everyone of all ages arrives with a sense of courage to get vulnerable because they feel safe. They share their art, whether it's poetry, creative writing pieces, music, not to get noticed, but to be seen, to be heard, to be felt. And so when my family arrived at our first, our first open mic night, we knew immediately that this was a place of belonging and Felicia's truth, Love is greater than everything was a power source of this really special community. Felicia, we are just so thrilled to have you fill us up today. Thank you for joining us. You know, I have to tell you, Felicia, Sonia called me that night and she was like, Hillary. (laughs) Felicia is our people. Yeah. She was so excited by the space you've created. Can you just start by sharing the story of how Love Social Cafe came to be? Absolutely. And thank you, both of you, for being here. Just getting in to connect where we just did for those few minutes. Um, It's so great being seen. And so great to be able to play with other women who are like powerful and aligned and they're like just here to celebrate and highlight others. Um, Love Social Cafe, like on one way, it was a stumble and it was really a marking in my life of like, really? Like I'm going to be in the restaurant business. This is what I'm really choosing. I come from a family of restaurant owners Um, my mother has reminded me since I was a child, like, make sure you go to school. Not that she talks like not make sure you go to school, but you know, there's, there was a real emphasis on what's possible through, uh, education and following your pursuit. So I ended up in law and, um, my husband and I, we met together. I was a paralegal and a legal administrator, um, I've always been very creative, but I went that route to really solidify my future and have kind of like a natural smarts thing. And I'm gritty and I've had to rely on that part. So it made sense. And a few years in, Sean was like, you know, as much as I love doing this and even our law practice existed to express love for the people that are most important to them, but through legal, you know, through transactions, um, there just wasn't enough access to people. So he said, let's create a community space. Here's some models I've been looking at coffee house style models. 
because that's the one place people can go to every day and it's not weird. So that's, that was kind of the genesis of looking at who we are, what we're up to, being immersed in personal development work, but really blending what we predominantly did in our life with our full lifestyle was a cafe. And that's really where it originally came from. Was that, was that passion? Mm-hmm. It's just so foundational because, uh, you know, at first it's like, oh, you know, you think, oh, what a cute cafe and there's something special about it. But it, there's so much purpose and intention in the gathering of people. And I would love like how, why is, how did it come to be? I guess I'm going to dive a little bit deeper. Sure. Creating community from all walks of life. Why was that so important to you and your husband to create? That's a great question. The way we see it, I mean, it's really great living a life on your own. It's not, it's really not. You need other people. Like you have to be validated and seen and reflected from everything that you're up to from another person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so community for us and creating a space that's pulling for love, but also not like Valentine's day love. This isn't, this isn't some, you know, pink, red, sweet treats. It's, it's gritty and it has substance and there's a richness to authenticity and transparency and acceptance. Um, Like I always say, like, bring me your upset, like come in pissed off. Like it actually, when I'm with somebody who's just so in their stuff and I can really allow my capacity to hold that other person, it's like magic. Cause Mm -hmm. in a moment when another person in community, they're like, oh shit, I'm being seen right now. Like this other person is present to me. It wakes you up. And if that's all we're really here to do, like a bunch of I was, uh, I'm very visual. So I have this thought that we're all like kind of sleeping, um, you know, in a, in a pre-K class where it's nap time and you're the first one awake and, you know, you've got like the little kid hair and it's all mm-hmm. ruffled and, and you're walking around the room and you're waking your friends up. You're like, come on, let's go. It's time to get up and play. And that's kind of what the cafe is. And some, mm-hmm. some of them are going to wake up and be grouchy you know, and some are going to wake up and be like, oh my God, you see me, let's play and have fun. But there's this duty or um, using the word obligation or burden, but this real compulsion I have to spread that, like the awakening of really, what do you come from anyways, love? So I think that's, I think that answers your question. Oh, for sure. Okay. Okay. It does. And it's yeah. funny because I have, I have two thoughts that have, that are, are um, in my head. One is a story. And then one is a, a thought for you actually, that I'd love to hear about um, this story as you're talking about the Valentines and love. And I don't know if I've told this story on air before. So Sonia, you'll have to tell me, but uh, I remember the first moment that I truly knew I was in love with my husband. Mm-hmm. We've been married 26 years now. And it wasn't when I thought it was. I, I thought it was, you know, the the lovey-dovey, the romance, the whatever. And we were together and, and we had, because of logistics, he was in Germany, I was in the US, and then we were going to get married. And then we didn't at first because of the, so big mess, right? So we're now together. We're in Germany and hadn't been married yet. We're, we're about to be. And we got into an argument and it was our first really, really big argument. And he 
left the house, he said, I need to go for a walk. And I broke down crying after he left, not in fear, not in anger, not in sadness, mm-hmm. in utter relief and safety. Yeah. Because I knew he was coming back. I knew we were working through it. I felt safe. I felt seen and I knew it was all okay. I know I could be in conflict with this human and it was still going to work out. And I thought, oh my gosh, here I was the one watching all these romantic movies. And it's not that at all. It's feeling safe and seen. Absolutely. Oh, that's so beautiful. And isn't that like, uh, oh, you shared that so wonderfully. Very similarly with, with my husband through those moments and any kind of partnership with a best friend or a parent or a child, when there's like this incredible capacity to hold all of it, the freedom, like that's freedom for me, liberation to be able to be any way and know that there's not going to be some ultimate outcome called if I don't behave some certain way, or I say that one thing, or I be this one way, um, that the love's going to be taken away. And like, that's when you get into conversation of like true unconditional love and unconditional love in, in a marriage. And, you know, my background being in mediation and law and, and family law, right. It's like that, um, oh, what a, what a beautiful gift of being able to be accepted and be mm-hmm. so safe in those spaces. And it, it feels like that is your gift that you're offering and bringing and showing up in. And that was my, my second thought. And Sonia will get a giggle. Um, we have had a few speakers on or, or presenters um, on Ikigai. Yeah. And so I, I in my mind, I, I sometimes will do this little kind categorization, not like I'm trying to label people, but as you were talking, I'm like, oh, her ikigai is to love. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And even I think Sonia, you and I, and that original conversation, our initial one, the ikigai had come up. Yes. It's like really what, you know, what is, um, what's the thing that moves you and makes you feel alive? Really? Like that's our ultimate job. So mine is absolutely to love for sure. And to be loved and to feel loved, to allow love, to give, you know, it's all of it. Mm -hmm. What I'm thinking about is uh, those who are still struggling, they're hearing this, they're, they're understanding it, but they're, they're wondering when is it going to be my turn to experience that, you know, the, the love in true form, or they've been given the narrative that love comes in laces and chocolates and things like that. And, Um, you say something or written something on your website, you are choosing the experience of a lifetime when you're choosing love as the essential tool for expansion. Mm. That is so powerful to me. And yet I can imagine some to say, how do I do it? How do I get this tool and put it in my pocket? Is there any insight that you could share to those who are still kind of lingering, looking at it and like, I want it. How do I channel that? Yes. These are um, so thought provoking, right? And like, thank you for the question. So what I think you have to roll it back even further because it's still not something outside of you. Love is a, is a, an always available state. It's always available. It's just a matter of if, if I'm aligned to that or not, is it what's in the way of me experiencing something that's inevitably always eternally going to be available, right? 
Um, and so I would say for, for anybody listening, this is really an internal job. There's no way around that. And it is, comes from that full radical self-acceptance, that full, complete self-love first. Cause I think that's the teaching tool. What parts of yourself can't you not be with or to love? And I think further from there, if you're like, I don't know, like, what is that? Just look at other people around you. And you're like, I really don't like that person. Well, why, you know? And so there's this kind of like, um, in the way that I relate it to the cafe and the community, it's my constant tool for expansion. It's a capacity building. If somebody comes in and there's something that happens, or if I'm, you know, um, having a conversation that the love is greater than everything brand, it's like, if I'm getting pushed and I want to have access to being another way and actually acting from that, you have to have awareness on it because if you don't have awareness on it, you can't choose. So this is probably so much longer of a conversation just in that one question, but I think it really starts with what parts of myself am I, am I not able to love? I now have to build my capacity to love that. If I don't know what that is, what am I not allowing or loving from others? Just an indicator. And then from there you bring awareness and the more you have awareness on it, then you actually have choice to do something about it. You have to wake up to it. Otherwise it's just, you know, just an old repeat pattern. For sure. I love what you say in terms of radical self-love is something you've mentioned before. Um, You know, for the DH effect, we have these energy infusers and we, as an opening to these sessions, it's just 30 minutes. um, It is, we remind, and it's women. And I, I, I'm not, I don't want to genderize the the conversation, but some, somehow there tends to be this women are less, we can't be selfish. You know, like, oh, you know, like that's, that's so guilty. If I'm being selfish, there's a lot of guilt there. And so the opening to these energy infusers is this is your time to be selfish, Mm. sit in it, get comfortable in it, dig deep. And I think maybe perhaps a better phrase is radical self-love because it is selfishness, but it's not in the way where society defines it. It's you are so loving yourself right now. And in that uncomfortable layers of getting through those channels, you know, Mm -hmm. and creating that. And the other thing coming to mind too, is the curiosity, you know, you, in your, in your cafe, when you say, I embrace everyone who walks through those doors with all that they come in with, that is fueled by this curiosity rather than, oh no, what's going to happen today? Then judgment. And uh, we just had another speaker, Alana, with Calm. I mean, in Santa Barbara, and she she helped us shift the questions. Instead of saying what's wrong with this customer coming in, it's oh, what's happened? Yes, right. And so I think that yes. that's something that I'm resonating with. Oh, thank you, absolutely. You know, I I one of the things that as I'm listening, I'm thinking about. You know, I do believe that we have everything inside of us already, right? That, and, and other people do as well. Mm-hmm. We talk about this often doing a treasure hunt, looking for people, even if they're driving you crazy, like, okay, there's love in there somewhere. Where can I find it? You know, so trying to, to tease that out and find it. But I also, while I do think we have capacity for an infinite amount of love and so on, we can be unempty and we can be unempty 
because we haven't chosen to fill up with it. Like it, it, it does have to come from somewhere and it's the energy you surround yourself with so that you have more to pour out. And so I'm imagining, and I would love for you to just describe a night at Love Social Cafe, very personally, if you want to, too, about how it feels and, and, and how that fills you up in order to fill others up. Because I, I do, I really want to make that point and, or you can disagree if you want, feel free to, to disagree that for those of us who do want to make the world better, for those of us who do want to shine a light in the darkness, for those of us who want others to feel the belonging and the love, we have to seek the opportunities to fill up on that. So we have even more, our energy, our power pack is filled so that it shines bright and it's not flickering. And I do, I, I feel like that is what you have created is maybe like that, that home base to be able to go and be like, oh, I need a little refill. Okay, I have it. Now I can go out and create change again. But <clears throat> one of the things I, yeah, I definitely want to underline this because it's, it's so radiating there to say. I think at times it's like, I want to, I want to make this difference for the world. I want to go be, I want to go be that and do that big thing. But like, I can't even get up for work on time. You know, like I can't even be pissed off when the guy cuts me off or when my coffee doesn't, you know? Um, and what I just want to include and in how I respond is like, the only thing that's important ultimately is your alignment. What that actually looks like is however many people there are in the world, whatever expression of love you are, that's, it could be as simple as brushing your teeth. If you had a commitment to do that and you kept that commitment and so, or it's feeding the hungry or it's um, finally writing that poem and performing it silently to yourself. So it's like, there's such a range and there's no um, ultimate comparison for what it is that we're here to express so long as it's authentic and aligned. Cause that itself, I think radiates the same frequency, you know, you like start to get into that conversation. There's no deed with a measure, you know, or score. Mm -hmm. um, for me being, being in my cafe environment, um, I think it does a, a few different things. I get to be infused by um, being witnessed myself because that feels so good to be seen and to be adored and to be admired. Like we all just want to belong and then providing that on the other side. And then there's this beautiful loop that's passing through energetically to me and somebody else. I've had to be really careful. Um, well, let me actually use a different term. I've had a lot of learning around what being depleted looks like for me. So now I know. And in fact, even the last few years of having different circumstances and navigating that my, uh, my back, like I had a, a back injury and I'm somebody who's very much in my body. And I like to like lift and be powerful. Um, and I saw that I hadn't been asking for help at all. Like I was just going to do it myself. I'm going to save the day. It's very much like the warrior leader in me. Like we're going here. I'll protect you. 
And what I really needed was like, Oh, I need to lay down and I need you to do this for me. So I've had this incredible lesson in like getting to speak that. And, um, there's nothing like anybody who's had any kind of back injury or back pain. It's a very, like any pain, it's very, um, vulnerable in that spine, um, not being able to even bend over asking my husband to help me get my pants on. Like there was this whole new opening. So now having gotten to get so much learning from that experience, I get to play in my environment, be with the people and then use my body. And mostly as the biggest voice that I have of like, Oh, uh, we're going to sing, perform, play, and then you're going to go away for an hour and I'm going to read a book or I'm going to go play with my son, or I'm going to sit by myself. Um, but it's like this kind of constant listening that I'm doing rather than like really strict rituals. Um, and what I'm finding is like, I am super extroverted. I'm very adventurous inside of like engaging with people, but probably a good 50, 60% of the time, I like being in a very small family setting. And that's really what fuels me up. So it's like on and off stage, I'm a performer, but I'm also very quiet. And so I think the more I navigate that, I get the, I get the real juice out of the environment of the cafe. Oh, Hillary and I are like, oh my gosh, we're competing to like, I want to say something. Um, because it's just so profound. What I'm getting from that is that that change in narrative, because, you know, like, oh, I am worthy and valued if I am busy. If I'm disciplined and focused and have a routine, then I'm doing okay, then I'm fine. And what you are, you know, again, I'm going back to radical self-love. Yeah. You create, what is a self-narrative? Yeah. And what do you need to do in terms of the courage, the assertiveness, the love for yourself to live whatever that is for just you. Yeah. And that is something that we don't hear in our world enough. It is this outer, you know, the, the pressures. And I mean, I do, I do want to talk about this choice. Um, and then, and then I'll give it to Hillary. You say, again, you, this dropped all the quote bombs. It's just amazing. If living in suffering is a choice, then so is living in love. You can only choose one. If you choose love, you don't have to do it alone. And, and this whole choice thing, the, you know, the alignment thing. And of course, that's why with the decided heart, that's why there's such celebration amongst us three. Um, I do, I would love to talk about choice in a bit, but I want to first give it to Hillary in case she wants to, <laughs> to insert herself first before we move on to that next bit. I think I just wanted to put an exclamation point on um, something, and this is actually its own um, theme. So I'll I'll just exclamation point and then, you know, TBD for another day, like, we'll, we'll get back, we'll get back to it. But I think there is a movement that is so important, especially as you're getting older. And hopefully, as people get young, you know, younger, we'll, we'll gather this and, and understand this as well, too the noise, the listening, the listening that needs to happen is an internal listening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I loved about what you explained in your story and the refilling is it's not the world telling you, I will be enough and I will be happy and I will be loved and I will be this when I have this career, this child, this, 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 like the external factors. It is literally a going inside and a stillness and a quiet 
and a human being not doing where it's okay in this moment, what do I need? Mm -hmm. I would love to perform and fill up that way. Okay. I gave my all there. Oh, you know what? I think I need an hour of quiet and that's okay. Um, And I really align with that uh, as an entrepreneur, especially And Sonia knows this. I will, I'll walk after uh, a, um, a particularly hard time of whether it's with a client and I've had to really hold a lot of their pain or whether it's because I've really had to use my brain to think about something. And instead of like, you will do that at five o'clock, it's like, it is one o'clock. And if I don't do that now, nothing else will happen. So I just wanted to take a, a space in a moment and feel free to answer that. But that's what I was hearing in you is a new rhythm, not determined by external factors, but truly a rhythm of your own heart and needs. Ultimately, I feel like that's the direction that's uh, humanity seems to be going in. We've had the course of the last few years to really teach us this conversation. Um, And the more I drop in to I guess my internal divine inner wisdom, my inner wisdom and my inner guidance, um, really allowing that conversation to be my most, like, that's my navigator where as a, what's the term that's often being used, like the recovered, like the recovering doer, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm an executor, I'm a performer. I like to get things done. Um, and I still get to use that part of me, but she used to do it from, needing to for survival purposes where now I get to be like, Ooh, I'm this badass executor, super performer, but I'm doing it in a way that's like really healthy and loving and in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so much, there's so much, uh, juice in that. And I think where I'm meeting the both of you is I've really got to play that out and have the last, you know, seven and a half years of the cafe experience. Um, teaching me that in an environment with others, like that, the people I have access to is like in phenomenal. You always end up talking to who exactly you need to in the moment that you needed that thing, you know? So all that being said now really moving into, um, how do I show up as a, as an advocate for this inner, uh, this inner work that there is to do the self-love, this radical self-acceptance, all, you know, all of that conversation, I don't have anything to teach you because this is only by demonstration. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really being called for is like being a community person is like, I just want collective partnership. Mm -hmm. I just want, Hey, I don't have anything to say, do it this way, but here's how I'm going to do it. Here's some, you know, here's some shit I read, right? Like, cause I'm a big reader and I'm going to listen to that thing. And I do that process and I did that retreat and I tried that, you know, I love that work. So look, so here's some stuff I did. Um, what do you think? And like really start to embark on this journey in the collective manner that I think we've always been designed to be in, like reflecting back, talking it through a discovery of what you're most passionate about and curious about and really letting go of this old paradigm of my basic needs aren't even met. I don't even access to this higher thought conversation. What if it became a collective issue called basic needs just get met so I can have access to the, the yeah. collect, you know, so a little bit in response to that, but I hope that, oh, I hope that made I sense. Love it. Yeah. 
Well, and, and then perhaps maybe it's the, the choice back to the, mm-hmm. the you know, what yep. you choose isn't so big. Isn't like I choose love and now I have to just anchor to it, but I, I choose to engage. I choose to be in an environment where people are grappling and don't know the answers. I choose to be uncomfortable to just kind of figure out and move forward on what is my self-radical, you know, like my, my radical self-love. And that is just that first step is, is the choice. And I just, I think that's just so powerful. And by the way, when you compared the statement of the overachieve, like the executing, producing, mm-hmm. da, 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 and then you said, I'm a badass like female and I get my stuff done, but with love, the energy literally changed. Mm. And that is, that is something that's so like you, the, just the authentic energy that you bring in terms of our thoughts about our, and our beliefs about ourselves is powerful. Mm-hmm. It is powerful. And maybe again, like, can I choose to change the words that I say to myself, right? It's all these little things. All these it's, little so, things. it's so beautiful. And like in the spirit of choice, like in the, really the wraparound to love to, to the love brand, the love is greater than everything. It's not like, well, what is everything? It's everything. Love is greater than whatever that hardship, adversity, that past circumstance, the thing that you're currently dealing with is. And that is just a choice moment. Like if I'm if I'm uh in this moment of and I actually like literally just had something happen. It's so quick. Sometimes I I I let stuff go really quickly and then I'm like, wait, no, I just I actually just miserably uh, messed up and had a big impact on someone. Um, Oh, I had this like really strange exchange with somebody uh, because she had a certain tone. You should serve Chardonnay. And I was like, I should serve Chardonnay. Like, well, I don't, I serve Prosecco and Rosé and, but there was a tone and it was a right series of circumstances. And, and in that moment, I didn't have access to choosing being from love in that moment. It was just an automatic reaction called, well, how about you bring your own Chardonnay? And uh, if that's going to keep you from complaining, right? That's what came out of my mouth because I can get a little mouthy, right? This is not like I'm like the love police officer. Absolutely not. So after that moment, I didn't have access to being loving and kind in that way. She was just dealing with whatever she was dealing with in that moment that had her sound some way. I took it personal. Mm -hmm. And there was like, okay. Now it's the aftermath. And I, there was a feeling of like such letdown and like, how do I preach this conversation? I've had all these really tremendous things happen around me and what I'm up to. And I, and I got upset because of a tone. There was a tone that happened and all I had access to now was loving the me that didn't have the capacity to be loving in that moment. Cause now what just occurred is I'm going to next time. And I think that's like the really graceful, um, beautiful way we get to be with ourselves in choosing is you're not going to, you're going to mess up. Like you're a person, like if you weren't messing up and you were like this object of perfection, like you'd be the spirit guy that I pray to at night. Like, that's not what's happening. You know, (laughs) like you are a human. And I think loving our humanity and loving that. Yes. I choose to come from love. Love is greater than divorce. Like I'm really upset about the pain that I'm having in my separation. I'm acting out in other ways. Like, how do I act from love about that? Oh, maybe I can be in communication with the people and say a pre I'm sorry. Hey guys, I'm going to be a jerk for the next week. You know, like this is what's going to happen. What can we do so I can navigate that in a safe way? 
mm-hmm. and not have impact on you. So it's like, it's like this, this, um, the choosing, yes, it happens, but it, it, it happens because of where you're putting that declaration, where are you communicating to, where are you representing that that's what it is you're standing for. So I think, yeah. No, I think that's so, I think that's so beautiful, Felicia. And I, I, you know, as you've been talking, I've been, I've been thinking about this because I have my own vulnerability in, in that, you know, especially when you read energy and you see energy around you, Mm. there can be this protective, um, and actually it's, it's a little ego to be honest of like, how do you not see what you're doing to other people? And it's like, okay, get rain it in sister, rain it in, you know, because this is, this is not about the other person. This is about, but I almost have this image, not I almost, I have this image. So you have a physical space, Love Social Cafe. And in that space, we fill that with energy and we have an intentional energy we try to bring. But I think what I wish other people understood is that we all have our own Love Social Cafe that we are walking around with. We have our own space that we invite people into. And it does take just like setting up a restaurant. You're not going to be like, well, we'll see what happens there today. We'll see what the energy is like. We'll just, you know, I'm going to let, you know, really it has to do like the same thing. How would we fill our space if we started to think about our energy as holding other people, as other people being invited into this place we're providing for them? And does that change what we decide and what we decide to access? Yeah there's three parts to getting to choice for me, kind of like where I narrow it down from. You've got to purge it out. You got to purge the past out, whatever's already existing there. You've got to get it out of the way to get to a space of stillness, nothingness, quiet, whatever that space is so that you can do whatever's next. And I think so often we don't do any of that Mm pre-work. So, you know, in the love social cafe space, it's like, okay, what needs to be let go of? Like my staff, they all have different expressions than I do. They haven't been doing this for as long as I have. A lot of them are, you know, a younger crew and, and, but there's going to deal with something that happened in their life and they're going to bring it to the cafe and they'll be that way with the person. So we get to have all this really rich conversation, mostly like, I'm so excited about the community I create, like inside of consumer and customer, but a lot of, a lot of what I'm, driven by is my staff, you know, cause they're my access, um, to right there in front of me. So a lot of the work that we do is clearing. You got to clear it out. You got to let it go. You got to get the past out of the way. And once that passes out of the way and you are in that space of nothing and you could just be there, there's a natural kind of like inner well or spring of like gratitude and joy and love, but it's just, it just kind of gets like, you got to get the river rock out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do have to call it in because an environment always is going to pull for something. You know, you think in terms of like thoughts and language and feelings and how all of this kind of works together in the environment that, that you're in most of the time, if it's physical or if it's internal, like get the stuff out, get to a space of nothing, call in your gratitude. You know, you got to get into that space. I do to 
now be able to be back in alignment with the outcome or the calling in or the desire that I really have. Um, and so that three part of identifying what's in the way, getting to nothing and whatever capacity that looks like for you, and then creating that's choice. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be the underlining of choice Mm -hmm. creating, and that could be a being a doing, it could be, you know, it can be action, but it could also be, um, just showing up and like, I'm going to be, uh, open to the miracle that life's going to deliver to me, but there's an expectancy. Now I'm radiating with that. That's going to be in my environment. The cafe, it's going to be in the environment of myself. That's just a reflection of me. Mm. And I think for anybody. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're, we're going to definitely have to have like a part two and three. With all these <laughs> there's just so many. I know yeah. we might, we might even have to do a redo just to like, you know, nope. keep it, keep it off track, but Nope. Thank you. Nope. It is exactly what it is meant to be. And it's just so, so beautiful. And I, I just want to make sure, because we do have to end soon, sure. the vision of Love Social Cafe, mm-hmm. um, the exp- speaking of expansiveness, uh, yeah. if, if you are ready to share that, or do you, do you see an image about yeah. what that would look like for you? What I'm feeling now and by feeling it's uh it's a you know those moments where you're like oh i'm being called to get bigger than i know myself to be and i'm really freaking scared mm-hmm. that moment has arisen and even you know since our meeting it's kind of like okay the cafe doesn't need me anymore it's doing its own thing i've had my identity really tied up with being this certain person identified with what it is I produce, which is super normal. Um, and now I'm stepping into like discovery process again in this new realm, what is next? And that evolution of the love brand conversation, perhaps even in the way that we left the, um, you know, moved away from the law practice, you saw 12, 15 clients a month, you know, and families and whatever, now we can reach 10,000 people a month through the cafe. And now I'm like, Ooh, what would it be like to have a million people? You know, what would that look like? And what kind of stage would I have to build for that? And that has always felt like part of my evolution is this kind of expanding while I drag my heels in a lot of the time and create a lot of suffering and resistance, but that's not this conversation. So, <laughs> you know. um, so I think what's next is is allow the cafe to be what it is because it's working. Infuse it with love. My job is to co- cultivate um, the space and the safety of my staff to become that and to be versions of whatever their love expression is, rather it be humor or, um, you know, I have somebody who's really drops in, like really grounds the space where I want to like blow it up, you know? And so, let, let it do its thing. Let it be what it wants to be. Move on to this larger expression of love is greater than everything, um, in the world. And my particular flavor, which is messy is sexy. Like love is messy, messy is sexy. They're they're all conversations of radical Mm self-acceptance. So that's where I'm, where I'm headed. Um, other than owning the domain, you know what I mean? (laughs) And doing the background work I've now as an entrepreneur, I actually really love startups. So I'm back in that seat again, but not knowing, which is, I've always had plans before. And this time I really don't, I'm really being guided. So 
I love that. So, all right. How can people connect with you? How can they come see Love Social Cafe? Um, How can they be like, okay, I need a little Felicia in my life? Yep. Um, Brilliant question. I I think from all the, from all the years I've spent, I'm very much a tactile on the court person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm with group. I'm with people. My embracing of social media up to this point, I was like, what's that? My sister has a whole company for social media, you know, like, but it didn't, it didn't translate over here. I don't know if it's my demographic, like my age range, but um, so now being connected is like, well, always come into love social cafe always, you know, there's the social media outlets and then really subscribing or being a part of my cafe will be the place that I say, okay, here's messy as sexy. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to go talk to the people through the computers because it's time to do that, you know? (laughs) And like, like this is my next, my next iteration. So that's the way like connect with me through love social cafe, follow me there. Um, let's, let's basically go out onto this next iteration of, uh, my self-expression really in partnership with everybody else. So I'll um, build we it would like to go. be in line for the launch of Messy is Sexy. Yeah. We'd like yeah. to have you back to talk about Messy. Yeah. Sexy. Yep. Yeah. I didn't even have to ask you, did I? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. No, that's great. I'd love to be here. This was so much fun. Thank you. Oh my gosh. We're just, we're honored by your, your presence. It's almost like, you know, like this is, this is long-term, you know, the, the magic of really finding that place of belonging um, and acceptance and vulnerability. It's such a celebration moment for us. Um, and it just also, you model, you know, again, I told everyone, no, she's, she doesn't run a, a cafe. All right. She's, she's beyond that. The cafe is a space, but what if, and, and Hillary and I had this conversation, what if every leader knew their why mm. you are fueled by your why, even though the why is messy and sexy, you know, like, yeah. but it's love and it changes it does change everything and so hopefully i mean that's with the dh effect we're on that mission of yeah. everyone let's just kind of grapple with our whys and why we show up to work every day and anyway it's just so yes. beautiful oh, so, so beautiful good. and we're going to have all of your links on all the sites so everyone can just click on that link sure. easy to get to you um we just want to thank our listeners uh, for joining us today for this episode Please be sure to follow us on all of the social media platforms, as well as Felicia's, as well as Social Love Cafe, and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube so you don't miss an episode. Check out our website, thedheffect.com, for more great opportunities to learn how to walk alongside others with love and with dignity and through challenges. Until next time, may you have the courage to live a decided and loving heart.